our hearts that we might see you. Open our lips that we might say, I have seen the Lord. Set our souls on fire. Please be seated. Hi, everyone. Is it Easter yet? Did I miss it? I can tell by the way people are dressed, it must be something special today. Uh, you know, we, we have far too many critics in society that would tell us that, you know, all this stuff about Easter hats and Easter clothes and white gloves and Easter bunnies and Easter baskets and Easter egg hunts, that somehow we need to set all that aside and just make it about the Lord's resurrection. And I go, you know, it's a, it's a day of celebration, though, isn't it? Right? So, yes, lovely, celebrate. This is the victory of our Lord. The victory of our Lord. So however it is that you celebrate this day, do it knowing that God is celebrating with you. And even if you're from Clemson and your way of doing that is burning a couch, <laughs> Andy, you burn that couch. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful day for putting things in perspective because the world has changed. To put things in perspective. To remember where we've been what has happened and where we are going. We need some help putting this in perspective. So I was thinking about a letter that I had read some years ago that was about perspective and putting things in perspective. And I want to share that letter with you. Um, it's a letter from a college student to her parents. Now you may have had a child with a college, you might be the college student in this letter, or just anybody that has a young one who might send them a letter telling their parents about what happened. So here's how it goes. Uh, dear Mom and Dad, we're off to a good start. <laughs> it's been nearly three months since I left for college. I've been remiss in writing. I'm very sorry for my thoughtlessness in not having written before. I'll bring you up to date now. But before you read on, please sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you wrote one of these before, haven't you? <laughs> Two of them, yes. Okay. You're not to read any further unless you are sitting down, okay? Well then, I'm getting along pretty well now. The skull fracture and the concussion I got <laughs> when I jumped out of the window of my dormitory when it caught fire shortly after my arrival are pretty well healed now. I only spent two weeks in the hospital. And now I can almost see normally. And only get those sick headaches once a day. Fortunately, the fire in the dormitory and my jump were witnessed by an attendant at the gas station near the dorm. He was the one who called the fire department and the ambulance. He also visited me in the hospital. And since I had nowhere to live following the fire, he was kind enough to invite me to share his apartment with him in his parents' house. It's really a basement room. It's kind of nice. Well, Mom and Dad, he's a very fine boy. And we've fallen deeply in love and are planning to get married. We haven't set the exact date yet. But it will be before my pregnancy begins to show. <laughs> Good thing they're sitting down, right? 
know you will welcome the baby and give it the same love and devotion that you gave me when I was a child. The reason for the delay in our wedding day is that Michael, that's, that's the guy, Michael has some very large debts from his three previous marriages. <laughs> he needs to work these debts off before we can afford to get married. Mom, Dad, now that I brought you up to date, I want to tell you there was no dormitory fire. I did not get a concussion or a skull fracture. I was not in the hospital. I am not pregnant. I'm not engaged. There is no man in my life. However, I'm getting a D in history and I'm failing science. <laughs> in the proper perspective. <laughs> You're a loving daughter. Yeah. Try that the next time you have to deliver some bad news. What's perspective? Because perspective matters. It matters. Good Friday is past. It is now Easter. A time to celebrate the victory of God over sin and death. And the question for us is, how shall we live in this new time? What is it that we look for now? It's a new day, a new beginning. And it's really great that so many have gathered and we have so many friends with us today. You have been here for a long time. And you who are just joining us today, it's great to see you. The Gospel of John tells us the story of Mary, Magdalene, coming to the tomb. Mary, who had a very special, deep, and loving relationship with Jesus, being the one who comes to the tomb and finds something not right. John tells us when she observes this thing that she can't understand, something that disturbs her to the core, she goes and she tells the other disciples, and Peter and the beloved disciple John run to the tomb. And they're as bamboozled as she is. They don't know what's going on. They look around and they leave. But she stays. Mary stays. And it's in that dark place, in that dark place where dead things are, that she grieves her Lord. And it seems to be she is stuck. She is stuck. Many of us perhaps have experienced tragedies in our lives. Broken relationships, the death of a loved one, something that has crushed our spirit. And like Mary, we get stuck in dark places. And then Jesus comes. As Jesus comes to all of us who see him. Into that dark place. Into our moments of grief when we can't see the future. We don't know how to take the next step. And he comes to Mary and then says something really strange. Because you might think that Jesus would, would, would come up to her and embrace her and put his arm around her and, and they, might, they might leave there and go to a bagel shop and, and get some breakfast or something. But that's not what he says. He says, do not hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. Because your thoughts about me 
and all the life that we have together, that is in the past. That is in the past. This is a new day. And there are new things to be done. You see, this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. You can really read John's gospel as leading up to this point, and all that is kind of prologue to this point we get to now, where the story truly begins. This is truly the beginning of the story, of what God has done for us. See, it's not the end of the story, but it's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. And it's a new beginning that has echoes, voices coming from the past to remind us of what's happened in the past to help us see how we move into the future. There's an echo from Genesis. You remember the Genesis story? It's about the creation of a garden and, and God walking with, with his creation and, and God who is with us in the garden and that there's a man and a woman in a garden. And now at this new beginning, we have another garden scene. And we have a woman who is, who is in distress and, 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 and God comes to her. But unlike that first story where the woman and the man are cast out of the garden, Mary's not cast out. She's sent. She's sent. She's sent with a message. We have echoes from the story of Ruth. Ruth the Moabite woman whose mother-in-law's name was Naomi. And when the husbands died and Naomi wanted Ruth to go back to her own people, the Moabite people, Ruth said, no, I'm not going to do that. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And Jesus sends Mary back saying, go to my brothers. Go to my brothers and tell them. Let's say disciples, he says brothers. It's really important that he's talking about the family that he's created. Ruth is an outsider. And yet here in this new beginning, we have the insider of all insiders, Jesus, the Son of God, who is, who is telling all them that now I am going to make you my brothers and my sisters. And my father will be your father. And my God will be your God. Echoes of the story of Ruth. There are echoes of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. Remember his first words are, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And he says to the disciples, come follow me. What are you looking for? And here in this garden scene, we have those words repeated. For whom are you looking? And instead of come and follow, it's go and tell. It's a new day. Mary Magdalene is the first apostle. She's the first one sent. And she returns to the disciples and she says, I have seen the Lord. <clears throat> Bishop and biblical scholar uh, N.T. Wright puts it this way. John is telling us that Christ is risen. And therefore, we have work to do. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. 
Go and tell the world that Christ is risen, that he's gone to his Father and our Father, his God and our God. Do you get that? There is one family now. All of you, brothers and sisters. I hope that's a good thing. Maybe the struggle for us in this is that we're not sure if we can be a witness to the risen Christ. Maybe we're not sure that we've actually seen the Lord. Now we can go tell somebody that we've seen the Lord. How can we be like Mary Magdalene if we haven't had that experience? There's a popular saying that says that God desires spiritual fruit and not religious nuts. <laughs> and for a lot of us, the last thing that we want to be known as is a religious nut. Call me anything else, but don't call me that. Here again, the echoes of the past might be helpful. For those who are following their baptismal covenant to seek and serve Christ in all persons, for those who wish to make a new start this day in this season that begins that new beginning, remember that you'll find him as you found him before. If you're looking for him, Seek in Galilee. Seek in Judea. He is out there. He is out there. He's among his people as he was before. You'll find him with the sick. You'll find him with the poor. You'll find him with all who are hurried, harassed, and harried. You'll find him with the hungry. You'll find him with the oppressed. You'll find him with those in prison. You'll find them, you'll find them among those who are in darkness and among those whose eyes are so full of tears they can't see clearly. Will Campbell is a Baptist preacher. He is the self-proclaimed apostle to the rednecks. <laughs> what a great ministry that must be. It probably involves beer. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> Will Campbell. He was um, preaching in a Baptist church. And if you're familiar with the Baptist tradition, you know that following the sermon, there's always an invitation. There's an altar call. There's an invitation to come and commit your life to Christ for the first time or once again. So he'd been preaching this, this sermon and it came to that point where everybody knew it's time for that invitation, for that altar call, and he changed things on them. As people started coming forward expecting those words of invitation, he stopped them and says, don't come to me. Don't come to me. <clears throat> Go to Jesus. Don't come to me. Don't come down here. Don't come forward. Go. Go to Jesus. But half the church got up and left. <laughs> they follow orders. They got up and left. They got out in their cars and they're like, okay, he said, go find Jesus and, and we're going. <coughs> and the other half must have been Episcopalians. <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. This is not a part of the liturgy. What do we do now? So that other bewildered half sitting there, he yelled at him, get out of here. <laughs> Go to Jesus. And he imagined what he would find if people would actually do that. 
they would actually leave and go and look. Knowing that Jesus is found in the same place we found him before. Imagine that sometime later that day, the phone rang at the sheriff's office. And the boys on the phone said, we need you to send some help to the old folks' home. There are a bunch of nuts gathered outside. <laughs> saying, let us in! We want to see Jesus. They're out there saying, let us in the old folks' home. We want to see Jesus. And I keep telling them, Jesus is not here. All we have are a bunch of old folks. And most of them are half dead. Yet they insist on coming in. They want to see Jesus. Kind of a strange phone call. I'm sure they get strange ones at the sheriff's department. This might be one of the stranger ones. Thing is, after they hang up the phone, moments later, the phone at the sheriff's department rings again. Here the boy says, quick, send some deputies to the state prison. A bunch of nuts have gathered outside the prison gates. And they keep shouting, let us in, let us in. We want to see Jesus. I've told them over and over again, Jesus isn't here. All we have in here are a bunch of criminals, murderers, and thieves. Yet they insist on coming in. They keep saying, we want to see Jesus. Sheriff hangs up, sends some people out. It's a strange day. There must be something in the water. The phone rings a third time. The caller says, I am the priest at St. Swithin's in the Swamp Episcopal Church. <laughs> it seems to us we've discerned that a bunch of nuts have gathered in our parking lot. They keep shouting, let us in, we want to see Jesus. And I keep telling them, Jesus ain't here. <laughs> Just a bunch of Episcopalians. <laughs> but they keep insisting we want to see Jesus. Can you send help? You know, perspective matters, doesn't it? It really matters. Christ is risen. And I've seen the Lord. And I see the Lord right now.